Welcome to Teach Back Tuesday, where we play the most popular episodes from the previous season. This week's episode, Reducing Anxiety Through Spiritual Exercises, is in the top 10 of the most downloaded episodes. It's safe to say that this is a common issue of life. Anxiety also tends to have triggers, and in my case, the trigger was the passing of my husband back in 2017. That was my introduction to anxiety at a very high level. Whether this is a problem for you or whether you're listening to help a friend, I pray that these insights will be helpful. Let's listen. I receive a lot of private messages and emails requesting topics for the podcast. One listener went into detail about how anxiety was harming her and wondered if I could do an episode on the topic. Let me be candid. There are some counselors who are also podcasters, but I am not one of them. I'm a Bible application teacher, and I approach all topics from that position. As long as you, the listeners, understand that I'm not setting myself up as an expert, I'll be happy to share some things that I do when my heart is disquieted within me. By the way, the word disquieted is in the Bible, and it's another word for anxious. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Sharing lessons from the Word of God is her passion. Now, back to today's important study. Psalm 43 verse 5 is one of three verses that are very close together in Scripture that ask this question. Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. It is helpful to know why we're anxious, but even if we can't figure out the source, God is still able to deliver us. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines anxiety as concern respecting some event, future or certain, which disturbs the mind and keeps it in a state of painful uneasiness. The medical community has also added their description, calling it intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. They also describe a fast heart rate, rapid breathing, sweating, and feeling tired, which of course all of that makes sense, and it would be exhausting to constantly be living in that condition. The American Psychological Association adds to this mix of definitions with this. Anxiety is an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. Now, for those of you who are listening and saying, I don't need a definition, I need a solution, I hear you. These definitions were just provided as a foundation to the episode, but I'm with you. Knowing what it is and doing something about it are two different things. If there is one good reason to go through various afflictions, such as anxiety, it is this. We become better, more caring, compassionate resource people for others. My battle with anxiety began during my husband's journey through cancer. The anxiety increased to hazardous levels within hours of my Norman's passing landing me in the emergency room with symptoms that mimicked a heart attack. I quietly wrestled with this beast for over a year after his passing until the Lord revealed some things to my soul, little by little. 
These lessons became exercises for me that I still practice today. Please understand that dealing with anxiety does not have quick fixes. But there are some things that we can practice to help bring our emotions back out of the danger zone. I'll share four spiritual exercises that I've found to be helpful in reducing anxiety. These are routines that I've learned from studying the Word and crying out for help in prayer. Number one, separate lies from the truth. Now, this is not an easy exercise because anxiety comes in waves and tends to knock a person off their feet like a rip current in the ocean. Rip currents are strong water currents that can kill a person by drowning them as it pulls them away from the shore and they wrestle with the water. The way to escape a rip current is to swim parallel to the shoreline until out of the strong current, since rip currents are limited in width and they eventually do break up. It is also advised that a person caught in a rip current should yell for help. Sounds exactly like what we should do when we're trapped in the rip current of anxiety. Yell for help. The rip current of anxiety will pass, but we need to use the truth of God's word like a life preserver, which will keep us from drifting into panic. Listen to this reminder from Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. No matter what happens, God is our refuge. Even when it feels like anxiety is making it hard for us to breathe, Remember that God will not let you drown. Number two out of four, saturate the soul with scripture. We have information overload today, and major news headlines could be summed up basically in three words. Fear for sale. When dramatic reading and facial expressions are added to the fear-inducing statements of most newscasts, it increases the emotional response in viewers. This is part of the goal. And this is a good reason to get news reports in written form only. Even if the writing is intense, it loses its power when the news actors and their dramatic performances are removed. But it's not just the daily news reports that are causing anxiety. Our lives have events that come as unseen inserts on our calendars, and some of these events are extremely stressful. If we're spiritually starved, Many weaknesses will show up in our lives in the form of reactions rather than careful responses. This is only one of the many reasons why we need the spiritual nourishment and strength that comes from a soul fed from the diet of the Word of God. We can't eliminate stress from our lives, but just like we have heavier clothing to wear in the winter, we should have greater saturation of Scripture to carry us through those chapters in life that are titled Trials, Adversity, and Afflictions. Can we actually store up Scripture? Yes, we can. It's called hiding God's Word in our hearts. The concept is introduced in Psalm 119, verse 11, which says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. The phrase, have I hid, means to treasure or to store up. This is not an attempt to paint anxiety as something that you can dismiss simply by reading your Bible. That would be an oversimplification of a very complex problem. Anxiety is temporary for some, but it's chronic for others. 
In either case, the emotion is not the sin. Failing to trust God is sin. So when we're hiding God's word in our hearts, we're helping to prevent ourselves from sinning against God by refusing to trust him with our anxieties. How can we increase our exposure to scripture? The simplest way, especially when the mind is struggling to focus, is to use an audio Bible and play it as often as reasonably possible. Play it on your walk. Play it in the car. Put your earbuds in and listen to a chapter of Psalms before bedtime. The act of listening to the word spoken repeatedly not only increases our comprehension, but it also allows us to memorize passages as we hear them over and over. You will sense the peace of God as you allow him to redirect your heart and mind. Number three, avoid the triggers. The word overwhelmed is in the Bible. You probably know Psalm 61 too, which says this, from the end of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. The word overwhelmed carries the meaning of a heart that's faint or even ready to fail. While sudden changes can cause us to become overwhelmed, there are times when this might be self-inflicted. Without realizing it, sometimes we set ourselves up for high anxiety by overexposure to things that produce strong emotions and increase our stress. Here are just a few examples. Total strangers can post photos of loved ones in the hospital or worse yet, in a casket or other distressing situations. Even though they may be asking for prayer when they're doing this, can you remember a time when you never would have known the details of a stranger's life? It's not normal to know so much about strangers. It's just common. Here's another area. News reports that repeat on a loop for days when the news is catastrophic. Honestly, how many versions of one bad report do we really need to see? And finally, here's another example. Arguing with people electronically, especially via text messaging. This has become a common stressor. Texts lack the human voice. That's what I don't like about a text message. People can't hear my voice. I can't hear their voice. That means we're going to imagine a tone, whether it was meant to sound harsh or not. Add to this that we can save texts indefinitely, allowing us to revisit painful conversations that were handled poorly. That's not a good idea. But that's again where we are at this time in our lives. And so without realizing it, once again, as I said earlier, we're sometimes setting ourselves up for more anxiety. Those were just a few examples of stress triggers that may increase anxiety, leaving us with a constant sense of worry and relentless pressure. These triggers have more than just an emotional effect on us. There are physical effects, including but not limited to digestive disorders, sleep disturbances, and more. I'm not trying to sound like a doctor here, but you can read the research for yourself. The emotions do affect our physical bodies. Whenever possible, we want to keep our lives free of unnecessary emotional stress and clutter. Ask yourself a question. Have I been exposing myself to things that increase anxiety? If the answer is yes, identify the triggers and reduce or eliminate them. Less time on social media, choosing when we'll read the news for updates, and saving difficult discussions for times when they can be handled wisely are just a few starter suggestions.
Pray about this, because the Lord will help you to determine the areas that need revising, and he'll help you to improve so that you'll have calm in your life. And finally, number four, remember God's strength. We tend to look at situations through the lenses of our own limitations rather than God's unlimited power. When we're at the I can't do this stage, God is waiting to make his strength perfect in our weakness. Anxiety counts as a thorn in the flesh, which makes us weak but magnifies God's strength. We have a great reminder in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 after the Apostle Paul had asked the Lord to remove a thorn in his flesh. The Bible tells us that Paul prayed about this thorn thrice, which is three times. Paul writes about God's response in his prayer request in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So Paul is describing his not only request, but God's response. His request was, oh, Lord, get rid of this this thorn. And he said it again, and then he said it again. And God said to him, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. God's answer to Paul is that this actually is going to help him. So then Paul changed his mind and said, okay, well then most gladly, therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities. In other words, okay, then I'll go through this. The Bible doesn't describe Paul's thorn in the flesh, but we do get the impression that it was physical because the description of it is in infirmity. Anything that weakens us and causes distress is a thorn in the flesh, and any thorn in the flesh is worthy of lifting to the Lord in prayer. We don't have to be these artificially tough people. No one is going to come and build a monument in your front yard because you were able to withstand unlimited levels of stress without showing any signs of cracking. Our strength is limited. That's why we have the battles with things like anxiety. God's strength is unlimited. That's why he can do whatever he wants to do, and he can do what we cannot do. In a shift of perspective, weakness is actually a good thing. It's the signal that we need to let God fix what we cannot, and then we'll give him the glory. Think about it. If we could fix anxiety on our own, we would forfeit the power of Christ, and then we'd pridefully try to rely on our own power in all kinds of areas. We can't eliminate anxiety in this life, but it doesn't have to rule us. Anxiety is so humbling, but in a good way. It gives us an opportunity to have the power of Christ resting upon us as we yield our anxious thoughts and stressful lives to Him, glorying in the fact that God's strength is made perfect or complete in our weaknesses. Here's a calming passage from Isaiah 26, verses 3 through 4, to remind us of the protective goodness of the Lord. It says this, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. You've been listening to Keep the Heart with Francie Taylor. Subscribe to this podcast and be sure to follow Keep the Heart on Instagram. For more from Francie, visit keeptheheart.com for devotionals, books, Bible studies, and more. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.